0: Good morning, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey, this is a cool weekend, I think. Uh, first of all, weren't those kids awesome? Yeah. I think it's... Personally, I think it's a little unfair that I have to follow that up, but whatever. You know, I guess that's the card I, you know, this is the straw I, I, I bring, I guess. But um, uh, kids were awesome. Hey, it's ugly Christmas sweater weekend, and some of you guys brought your A game today. So good job to you guys. I'm going to applaud you guys. Um, I think I kind of broke the rules a little bit personally, in my own opinion. It's supposed to be ugly Christmas sweater weekend, but I'm calling this my awesome Christmas sweater. Um, this is my opinion, but it's a dinosaur, a dinosaur wearing a Christmas sweater, and so this isn't an ugly Christmas sweater, this is like a glory in one sweater right here. I, I love it. Uh, what I really love is this, is some of you guys are wearing ugly Christmas sweaters, and you don't even know it. Some of you are like, what? This is my Sunday sweater. Uh, it, also this weekend, though, I tell you what, we got the, the best Christmas gift anyone could have possibly gotten in 2015, Uh, if you don't know what it is, this is the best Christmas gift ever, Star Wars came out. Come on, where's my Star Wars fan? There's there's at least like a a 100 of you in here, right? Star Wars, it's awesome, it's glorious, it's great. It's Christmas time. It's such a cool weekend. There's so much fun stuff going on. And this weekend, we get to wrap up our series called How to Hug a Grinch, where we are looking at what it means and how do we love those who are difficult to love, especially this time of year, those who tend to steal our joy and just suck out the fun of Christmas. How do we love them? How do we care for them? Now, I don't know about you guys. I've really, really enjoyed this series. It's been practical. It's been fun. I've loved the Grinch stories we've been telling each week because they're funny and they're real, and I think a lot of us can relate to them. Uh, They've been awesome. I've loved the videos we've made. Um, Let me just kind of tell you what happened. Uh, It took me about 0.3 seconds to say yes to being the Grinch in these videos throughout this series. I mean, this is kind of how it played out. The arts team goes, hey, Brandon, how do you feel about dressing up as the Grinch, dumping cheese on Ben's computer, uh, throwing Christmas trees around and just being just a menace to the entire staff. And I thought to myself, you know what, if that's the sacrifice that I have to make for the River Glen staff in this church, then that's just what I have to do as a pastor. So that's what I did. Uh, but just a confession, that glass shattering sound that you heard in this past video was real. There, yeah, there it is. Uh, I was not paying attention and I threw the book towards the window and didn't know that one of our staff members, Renee, had this glass Thing that was a gift from somebody else, and I shattered it. So, Renee, I am sorry. I am officially, I am the real Grinch in this situation. Uh, so that's what I did there, but it's been fun. Uh, two weeks ago in this series, we, we opened this series talking about uh, in order to love our Grinches, we have to first realize that we ourselves, that we're a Grinch, that we can steal joy from ourselves and we can steal joy from others. And then last week, Ben talked about in order to love our Grinches, we have to put up healthy boundaries in our lives to properly love them. Been, it's been great practical talks, and if you've missed any, I encourage encourage you guys to go to our website or our app to to check out those talks. It's been awesome. And today we wrap up this series by looking at what it really means to hug our Grinch. We're going to look at the why and the how We should actually love those who are difficult to love in our lives. We're going to try to figure out how to do it without actually getting hurt ourselves in the process. And here's how I want to get us started today. In your program, in in the message outline, or just grab a simple piece of paper and the seat back in front of you and a pen. Here's what I want you guys to do. Take a quick moment and write down your Grinch. Write down their name on your outline or on a piece of paper. Write it down so you can see it throughout this service today. And if it's your neighbor's name you're writing down, make sure you just turn the paper a little bit so they don't know, okay? Um, But write down your Grinch, and I want you to keep it in front of you. And every once in a while, I want you to look at it. I want you to think about that person as we're kind of going through this today, okay? Uh, Because here's something that I know. We can't avoid Grinches. They're always going to be there. And the question we have to deal with is what do we do with them? We can uh, do, do everything we can to them, but we're not going to. So when we do come across them, how do we love them? How do we handle them? I, it makes me kind of think of going to a sporting event. Uh, last month, my family and I, we went back for a trip to Pennsylvania where we're from uh, to see some family, but the main reason we went back to Pennsylvania is that I, I was going to a Steeler game. You see, my mom's husband, Tony, and I kind of made a pact a few years ago that every year we were gonna get together, go to a Steeler game, it'd be a great time, um, and this year was gonna be extra special because it wasn't just Tony and I going, it was Tony and I plus six other people, six of, other, of our friends and family members going. It was gonna be my father in-law, my brother-in-law, and my best friend Dale since the sixth grade, and it was going to be their first ever game, and it was just going to be an awesome time, and I was so excited to take them to a Steeler game because going to an NFL game is such a really cool experience. It's so much fun. It's even better when you go see the team that has more Super Bowl wins than any other franchise in the NFL. I'm just letting you guys know that, if you didn't know that, Packer fans. uh, I know the Bears fans knew that. So... um, but it was, I was so excited, but something that can happen, something that can ruin your joy at a sporting event is the fans. Now, if you guys, know, you guys have experiences, you know what I'm talking about. The fans can just suck the joy out of a, of, out of a game for you because of their actions or their attitude or whatever. And so the second half was starting. a Third quarter was going, and, and this Raider fan starts just making a ruckus. The Steelers are winning at this point, And he just decides that he's going to start standing up in the middle of nothing. No plays happening, nothing. And he starts chanting, Raiders, Raiders. Raiders! And he's doing it while just kind of turning and looking at all the Steeler fans in the section. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you obviously have had too much to drink today. Don't do this. Don't start getting under the skin of the Steeler fans because we're crazy. You think they, you drink much, they drink more. It's crazy, it gets bad. And so you know, he's, he's going to get under their skin. I'm just hoping he doesn't take this too far. And he's still doing it. He's just causing a ruckus. And then I hear this, this Steeler fan reply to him. He's like, hey, hey, what's the scoreboard? Scoreboard, look who's winning. Sit down. He starts just yelling back at him. And I realize that this Steeler fan who's yelling back at him seems really close to where I'm sitting. And as I pay attention, I realize this Steeler fan who's yelling is sitting right beside me. It's my best friend, Dale. And Dale just starts feeding into it, and then when Dale starts talking, it felt like it gave all the Steeler fans in the section permission to start targeting this Raider fan. So Dale gets going, and then he just steps back and watches this whole thing unfold, and the other Steeler fans get up, and they're yelling back at the guy, and he's yelling at them, and they're cussing at each other, and they're like flexing. It's like, okay, what does that do? Flexing, ooh, ooh. And they're they're flexing, they're threatening to fight each other. There's people getting involved, and I'm like, this is horrible. This is like sucking the fun out of the game. And finally, security got involved and had to settle the Raider fan down and all the Steeler fans. And I look at them like, dude, what did you do? You're killing the game. But here was my realization in that moment. It can be a random stranger, like a Raider fan, or it can be someone close to you, like a family or friend, like your best friend in this situation. There's always going to be people in our lives that steal our joy. Whether they mean to or not, it's what they do. And so why should we love them? And if we should even love them, how do we even love them? What does that even look like? I think this is something we all can wrestle with. We all can admit that we can be Grinches ourselves. if If We're honest with ourselves. We all can be Grinches. We steal joy from ourselves. We steal joy from others. And we can work on putting healthy boundaries in place too. But here's something that I know. Those two things don't solve the problem of avoiding our Grinches. There's always going to be Grinches in our lives. We can do the other two things. They'll be good things. But how do we handle the Grinches when we do come across them? How do we hug them? How do we love them? To answer that, I want to look at something that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, his most famous sermon. Now, these verses today, just to kind of give you a warning, these verses on the surface don't seem very Christmassy. I know we're like a few days away from Christmas, and these verses, you know, you're, we're going to read them together, it's kind of like, that's, that's Christmas? But if you hang with me, I promise you, this has Christmas woven all throughout it. You see, Jesus spends most of the Sermon on the Mount focusing on ourselves rather than worrying about others when it comes to loving Grinches in our lives. And this is key. We can't change the Grinches, but we can love them by focusing on our own actions and our own thoughts and our own hearts. And he says this in Matthew 5, 43 from 48. It says this, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not even, the, not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now let me just be straight up honest with you right now. When I read these verses, you know what my thought is? I don't like them. I don't like these verses, I don't like that Jesus said that because it's uncomfortable for me, it goes against what I wanna do, It's not it goes against my natural reactions to handling my enemies or my Grinches. I would rather be against my enemies because why should I love them? They don't love me, they're against me. I want justice on them. I like verses like, for God so loved the world. And I like verses like, I can do all things through, uh, through Christ who gives me strength. Like lift, lift really heavy weights. You ever see that? Like those like, big motivational posters like, yeah, Jesus helps me lift this weight. I like verses like that. I like verses where God says, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I like those verses. But love your enemies? Nope. Don't like it. I think it's too far, and so I'd rather not deal with it. But I don't think Jesus was about saying things that I liked. I don't think Jesus was about saying things that you like. I think he was about saying things that we need to hear, not what we want to hear. We don't get to pick and choose the parts of Jesus that we like and leave the rest away from us. It's all Or nothing with him. That's what he teaches us. And so he says this he says, You have heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And that's kind of what the world teaches. Love your people that you know, that you love, that they love you, but your enemies, you hate them. They're just they're vile, just be against them. That's kind of what the world teaches. But then Jesus flips the world upside down when he says, I'm telling you to love your neighbors or love your enemies. Love your enemies and to pray. For them. This is an attribute of a follower of Jesus. This is something we should do when we're following Christ. And he challenges his listeners by saying, What good is it if you love those who love you? Everybody does that. And he's right. It's easy to love those who love us. But our love, Jesus teaches, isn't meant to be selective. He says we have to love everyone, even. Our enemies. Now this would have totally messed with the minds of the people in the crowd right now because what they were hearing is love your enemies and their enemy was Rome. They were under the Roman Empire, the Roman rule and, and Rome was oppressing them. They, they gave them heavy taxes they had to pay. They couldn't stand Rome. Love Rome, they were an enemy. In fact, a lot of the Jews were hoping that Jesus came to overthrow the Roman Empire and Israel would be in charge again. That's what they were hoping. And then Jesus totally messes with them by saying, hey, those enemies that you hate so much, if you want to follow me, you need to love them. That would have totally just blown their mind. And he taught this because he knew that they needed it. He knew that hate doesn't bring freedom. He taught this because he knew there was always going to be people in their lives that was going to steal their joy, steal their freedom, and steal their comfort. But he knew that hate would never free them from those burdens that only love can do that. And he came to give them life. And to have life, you need to replace hate with love. And their shock and discomfort that day is really no different than maybe our shock and discomfort today when we really think about this idea of loving our enemies. In the midst of this season, though, I think we need to hear it. Jesus knows that you have people that hurt you, that steal from you, that steal your joy. He knows you have grinches. They may be someone close to you. They may be someone you don't even know personally, but they're people that just suck the life out of you. And these grinches are essentially your enemies. Now, I know you don't really equate your Grinches with the word enemy. That's not a word we use freely when it comes to describing relationships with other people. But I think they really are, though. Because what an enemy is, is somebody, someone who is simply against you. They may be against your beliefs or against your way of thinking or against your actions. They make you angry. They steal your joy. They're, 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 they're people that you dread being around, they annoy you, they're your grinches, they're really your enemies. Now that doesn't mean you hate them all the time. I mean, they could be family, loved ones, friends, uh, ones that you do love on the surface, but deep down inside, you just can't stand them sometimes. They can be your neighbors or your coworkers or your spouse. They could be a friend or an acquaintance whose political views you disagree with. They're people that on the surface, we love, but deep down inside, that's not really the truth that's coming out. We think life would be so much better without them. The hurt they cause, the frustration they bring, it drives you to the point of wishing that you didn't have to deal with them. And that's an enemy if I've ever heard of one. And Jesus calls you to love them. And they may be people you don't even know personally. They could be people that you see on the TV screen or you read about. they people that just drive you crazy. They may be a politician you disagree with or a teacher that doesn't teach your kid the way you think they should. They are people that who we believe something that they believe something different than us. Maybe they have a different religion than us, or maybe they look different than us, or they talk different than us, or they think different than us. We don't know them personally, but because they're different, we don't like them. They're our enemies. Jesus calls you to love them too. They can be a stranger or someone close to us. They can be a Raider fan or your best friend. Regardless, there are Grinches. Everywhere, and Jesus knows we can't really live in this life if we have hate for them. Life is only full when it's full of love. Jesus teaches this, but it's not easy to do. And I think we have to answer two questions together this morning to really figure out why and how we should put this into practice. And those are the two questions why and how? Why should I hug my Grinch? Why should I love my Grinch? And that's a good question. Why should I love my enemy? Why should I love them? Why should I love the person that hurt me as bad as they did? Why should I love that person when they don't love me themselves? Why should I love that person when on the surface and deep down inside, they're just not a good person? They don't deserve my love. And let me be honest, those are really good and valid questions to ask. I'm not doubting that your Grinch hurts you. And I'm not doubting that your Grinch doesn't love you back. And I'm not doubting that your Grinch probably isn't a good person. But those questions are not the reasoning for us not to love them or whether we should or shouldn't love them. Here's the reason of why you should love your Grinches. Because Jesus loved you first. It's true. That's why. Every single one of us in this room at one time or another, or maybe even right now, was an enemy of God. We were against him with our thoughts, with our actions. We were God's Grinches. We were God's enemies. And yet he chose to love you through that. Romans 5, 6 through 11 says this. Paul says this, and it's it's a powerful, powerful uh, piece of the Bible that we all need to know and remember. Paul says this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved in, through his life? Not only, this, not only is this so, we also boast in God through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation, could you imagine dying for your enemy, for your Grinch? Now, for someone you love, and it's easy to love, that's an easy one. You, you probably would dare to die. If it, I mean, I'll be honest. If it came down to my life or one of my kids' life or my wife's life, I'm gone. River, That's like, the end of Brandon forever, and I'm completely okay with that. But for my enemy... For someone that I don't like or someone that doesn't like me, dying for them, I don't think, I I don't know. That's a tough one. But that's what Jesus did. He died for you, his enemy at one point, because he loved you. And when we accept that love, that's when things start changing in our lives. It transforms us. Jesus gives us a new heart. He takes our heart of hate and gives us a heart of love. And when he teaches to love our enemies, here's something I think we should pay attention to. Is when he teaches this, when he's saying this in the Sermon on the Mount, he's not talking to just anybody. He's talking to specifically those who would identify them as, themselves as his followers, as Christians. And we can't miss that. Jesus doesn't make this call, this demand for everyone. He specifically calls Christ followers to do that. So if you're in this room and you would call yourself a Christ follower, you would call yourself a Christian, this command that Jesus is giving is directly at you. If you're not, you're wrestling with this, you don't know what to do with Jesus, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, this isn't necessarily for you, but this is something, what it looks like and what it should look like when you do, if you do follow Jesus. So it's good for us to all know this. But Jesus says it specifically for Christians, because a Christian is someone who was God's enemy but was changed by his love, and now those who are loved by God love all others. This is how we love our Grinches, our enemies, without hurting by remembering what Jesus did for us first, that while we were enemies, God loved us. And so the why of us loving our Grinches actually has nothing to do with them, but more so has everything to do with us. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. That's why. We love because Jesus loved us. But How? If you can get behind the why, how do you do it? Do you love your Grinches by keeping your distance from them and just avoiding them? Do we love our Grinches just by dealing with them and putting up with them at the Christmas time or whenever we come across them? Do we love our Grinches by just avoiding talking bad about them? That we think we don't talk bad about them, we're actually loving them because we're not talking bad about them. Is that how we do it? Not according to Jesus. You see, when Jesus said to love our enemies, he used a certain word for the word love. He used this word agape. You see, in the Greek language, there was a couple of different words that he could use for love. There was this uh, word for love called eros, which is kind of like more of a uh, uh, passionate, even sexual type of love. And Jesus did not use that word of love in this sentence. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> There's a word uh, called phileo which is like a brotherly love. It's like, hey, we love each other, everything's good, we're all happy, we're family. He didn't use that word for love either. He used this word agape, which is an unconditional, action-oriented love. This idea of agape, it means that we love people through action. It's a verb, not some emotion. And we have to put this love into action regardless of whether or not the other person loves us back. Jesus did this all the time. He did this by healing the sick, by hanging out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. He did this by loving his enemies. He did this by dying for his enemies. Love, agape, it's action It's something we do, and that's how we love our enemies. We don't love our enemies by just keeping our distance from them. And we don't love our enemies just by dealing with the Grinches in our lives at Christmas time. We don't love them by just ignoring them and thinking that makes everything go better. We love them by entering into their lives. We love our enemies and our Grinches by praying for them. We love our enemies and our Grinches by serving them and having an action-oriented love. We love them by getting over ourselves And realizing it's not about us. That's how we love our enemies. The why is because Jesus loved us. The how is we do it with action. And when you think about it, that's Christmas. If you really want to have the joy this Christmas, we need to learn how to hug our Grinches. We need to do that by remembering what God did in the first place. That while we were his enemies, he loved us by sending us his son. So who's your Grinch? Look at that name you wrote down at the beginning of this time together. Jesus teaches you and calls you to love that person. He knows you can't really be free when hate has a hold of your heart. Love sets you free. Love allows you to hug a Grinch and not be hurt by them. Love heals. Love forgives. Love brings life to you and to others. And so whoever your Grinch is, how are you going to love them? Maybe you just need to pray for them. And by pray for them, I'm not saying pray for just the God to change them because they're so evil. What I'm saying is pray for them by praying this. Pray that God transforms your heart so you can learn to love them like Jesus loves you. Maybe you need to pray for them. Maybe you need to go to them and forgive them. Maybe you need to go to them and ask them for forgiveness. Maybe you just need to go to your Grinches and literally hug them. How do you need to love them? If you really want to be free, if you really want to be full of life and joy at this Christmas and for the rest of the year, the rest of your life, we have to learn how to love our Grinches around us. And we do that because Jesus first loved us and we do that with a love that is action-based. We actually do it. We put it into action. Because when we do this, it's not only going to change our lives, it's going to change the lives of those around us. This world will go a lot better when there's more love in it. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what Christmas is all about. In a moment, we're going to remember what God did by sending his son through communion. And communion is a chance for us to remember and worship God through his sacrifice. For us, that He loved us so much that He died for us. And if we're, you're a Christ follower, we invite you to participate in this time with the bread and juice to remember that sacrifice on the cross. And I invite you guys to remember how, while you were enemies, God loved you. That's what this time is to remember. That I was an enemy of God, and then Jesus was born and came to die in my place. And for that, I say, Merry Christmas. Throughout this series, we've been telling these Grinch stories. And they've been fun. They've been humorous. They've been really real in our lives, right? You can probably relate to some of them. I want to end this series and our time together today with one more Grinch story. And this Grinch story is in the form of the best Dr. Seuss form I could possibly give you. And I call this Grinch story... How River Glen Hugs a Grinch. It goes like this. Our world is is full of the Grinchiest of Grinches. Sometimes I am the worst. And as Grinches, we spend our energy, nickels, and dimes believing that I am first. When we do that, our world gets filled with hate and we go against our enemies because, well, we just must. But do we really see that when we worry about others that those who really steal joy from is actually us? But God had a plan for every woman and man, and it started with a baby's cry. The baby was actually God Himself, and He was born simply to die. Along this way, this baby grew and became everything that we could be. He made the lame walk, the mute talk, the blind see, and the sinner free. He taught to worry about the logs in our eyes and don't worry about the speck in the passerby's, to love God with our heart, mind, strength, and soul but also to love our neighbor. That's what really makes us whole. He hung out with the tax collectors and sinners. He didn't worry if they were winners. He simply loved them as people fearfully and wonderfully made, all while knowing that every person's sin was something that had to be paid. You see, that baby born at Christmas was something that we shouldn't miss. Instead of focusing on the presence, what we should really focus on was his presence. That God became a man to walk in our shoes and show us that we could be what He show us that He can, free us from our brokenness, and love us through our hatefulness. That even while we were His enemies, He agape us. That love took the greatest cost because that love took death upon the cross. Even though He was perfect and beautiful, His blood poured out for the ungodly and sinful. And for those who will accept his love, he will restore us with God above. You see, you can't get to Easter without Christmas. If you try, you just might miss that while we were the Grinchiest of Grinches of all, God came to pay for our fall. So River Glen, that's the truth. And it all comes in a cinch. Merry Christmas. God loves you. Now go hug your Grinch.